The 2023-24 season schedule has been released in all of its glory. 82 games of possibility, including some on national television, Christmas Day, and potential drama right around the NBA trade deadline. We break down some key matchups to watch out for, plus the latest on Damian Lillard and how Joel B could be on Miami's radar. All that on a big episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Ramil. However, tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. The NBA released the full 82-game schedule. We'll rank our top five games that we're most excited for in the next segment and then finish today's show by with the Damian Lillard update and asking if Joel Embiid should be somebody the Heat could target mm-hmm. in a trade. Mm-hmm. But let's start with some of the takeaways from the schedule. The Heat are going to start their season at home against Detroit. And then after that, they play 12 of their next 16 games on the road. Just a tough way to start the season, David. It could be. I, I think Miami's in the past has been the kind of team that builds off these. I'm almost. I feel like I'm echoing something we've heard Eric Spolster say a billion times. But these are the kind of experiences that forge teams, that builds a brotherhood and a community in that locker room. And I believe it. I really do. Like going on the road is a a, a test for a lot of NBA teams, and you're either forged by the fire or you melt and wither under the pressure. So I, I think Miami especially when they were going to be incorporating an all-new all-star point guard at that point in time. I think it's going to be a great experience to bond on the road to find out what kind of music everybody likes, the hot spots that each player likes visiting to. It's a really good opportunity to build chemistry and camaraderie and to be tested earlier on. And then it kind of benefits you at the end of the season because then after that point, you got the road games out of the way. We get these stretches of homestands later on in the second half of the season when Miami's looking to make a push to get that number one seed in the Eastern conference, et cetera. I'm looking at it as nothing but positives. How about you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, man, I don't really care. (laughs) I I really don't care. Like, look, last year the heat started, it was like 18 of their first 25 or something were on the road to start the season. So this, this is just what worked out for them that way. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, like my, nine of Miami's last 13 games are at home, including three in a row to end the regular season. So yeah, it obviously it balances out. You get 41 of these things at home. You get 41 of them on the road. And mm. so it's, <laughs> I think we put a lot of sort of emphasis in the schedule release to me. Like I'm more interested in the segment we're about to have. Like I like to look forward on the calendar, start circling dates being like, all right, what games am I most excited for, which we're going to get to. But the other part of the schedule that is interesting to me, the back-to-backs, Right. And that's for every team. The Heat have 13 back to backs this year. That's down from 14 last year. And that's kind of the trend NBA wide, right? They're they're working slowly but surely to to uh, uh get fewer and fewer back to backs on the schedule. And then the national TV games. Miami's got 16 national TV games. And when I say national TV, I mean ESPN, ABC, and TNT. I don't include NBA TV. I think they have like seven, eight, or nine NBA TV games, but 16 real national TV games, nine of which happen after the trade deadline, right? Like a bunch of these are right after the all-star break when the heat could like, like obviously if this Damian Lillard situation goes all the way to the deadline, 
Mm. Like the NBA has prepared itself for the situation where, okay, not only do we have that game Miami in Portland, February 27th on TNT, which we already talked about. Not only do we already have that on the schedule, which by the way, is Portland's only national TV game on their entire Mm. schedule. Mm. We also have like a bunch of just the heat on national TV against the Dallas Mavericks, against the New Orleans Pelicans, um, against uh, Portland, Denver, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, you just got a bunch of these right away after the All-Star break where Damian Lillard, if he is traded to Miami, that would be the latest point that he could get traded to Miami. And of course, you've got a few national TVs, uh, TV games before the trade deadline. So I don't know. What do you think about the national TV game? 16 of them. What do you think that means? I think it means that this team is very good and always fun to watch, even during the, the slough of the regular season. Uh, I think they're uh, being recognized for their finals appearance, and I think they're also the expectations that they're going to be incorporating an all-star point guard onto the roster. And given that, this is certainly a definite team worth watching during the regular season with uh, chances of title contention. I, I just think that that's – look, last year – I know a lot of Heat fans were pissed off they didn't get a Christmas Day game. Well, why aren't they national television? Nobody's watching what they do. No fan, including us two as reporters of this team, enjoyed that 82-game season. Like, that was as difficult as going to be. I was as optimistic as anybody on that end of the spectrum saying, you know what, this team can still contend. This team was still chances. We've seen what Jimmy can do, blah, blah, blah. It proved correctly. But there was no way of knowing that during 82 games because they just did not seem to show any kind of concern or care whatsoever. Yeah. Now, that's not an argument anymore. Like, now they're on national television a whole hell of a lot, and now they're being recognized for it. So that argument is put to bed. As far as what how Miami responds, I think, again, it's going to be a team with something to prove. This is going to be more like the season before last where they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and I think a lot of that is going to be due to incorporating Dame, having players – with a renewed sense of urgency, a change in the locker room. We talked about this when Kevin Love, Kevin Love, who wasn't exactly the most impactful player, he had nothing but a positive impact in that locker room, a sense of urgency, a renewed energy in that locker room, and I think that's what we're going to see this year. I wouldn't be surprised, and I know I'm getting ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami pushes for 60 wins this year. You're factoring Damian Lillard in like right, like automatically Hell yeah. for Hell the start yeah. of the season. Do you think that – the road-heavy start to the season increases the Heat's urgency to get a Damian Lillard done mm. before the regular season starts because obviously Portland is threatened we could take this thing into the regular season. The fact that 16 of their first, what did I say? 12 of their first six, uh, 17 yeah. games are on the road, right? After that home opener against Detroit on October 25th, a Wednesday night, 12 of their next 16 are on the road. Do you think that increases the urgency for Miami to get something done? I, you know, that's a really difficult question to answer. Um, and I'd have to say no. I, I don't think so. I think they're going to stick to their timetable. I think they're going to do what they can. They're going to wait it out. And, again, you don't bet against yourself. Miami is just too good a team when it comes to making these kinds of deals. I think I, I would almost say I would think that they would rather not have the deal go through than overpay for Dame Lillard. And I don't know what an overpay would for a player as good as Dame Lillard might look like. Miami doesn't have enough to quote-unquote overpay. Certainly that's the argument a lot of Blazers fans have. But I think they wouldn't want to put themselves in a situation where they blow up their future, even if it means acquiring Damian Lillard. Pat Riley has said publicly a few times, and I think at the beginning of last season too even, like 
you kind of view your team after the first 20 games, and then that's sort of a gut check point after those first that's 20 right. games of the season. That's really what we're talking about here. That first 17 games, close enough to 20 games, like the Heat are going to know a lot about themselves, I think, after that first stretch. Um, yep. A couple other uh, just notes here. The Heat's longest uh, road trip is six games, February 13th to February 29th at Milwaukee, at Philly, at New Orleans, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Denver. So this is oh no, Golden State there. Okay, basically, the good thing for them is that the All Star break is in the middle of it. So mm. it's February 13th, February 14th, the back to back Milwaukee, and then in Philadelphia, and then they come back out of the All Star break with four more games on the road. So it's not really; it's more of like a two game trip and then a four game trip. So other than that, no really long trips. I think there's a few four-gamers. No really long home stands either. The longest uh, stretch of games the Heat are at home is uh, four games in a row. So none, you, they don't get a five-gamer. They don't get a six-gamer in this one. But they do get four four-game home stands. And they get one basically every month to end the season from awesome. other than – April, which is like, you know, half of from, a month. From our perspective, that's awesome. That's, you know, we're regular practices. We're going to yeah. be there all the time watching. We don't have to travel or go anywhere. It's going right. to be a lot easier for us to cover those games. And, of course, no late night starts either. And as far as that, that home, uh, that, I'm sorry, that road trip that you mentioned is concerned, I'm really glad they broke up the Utah-Denver tandem because that has always screwed Miami in the past. Like the, huh. playing in those high altitudes, that's like basically penciling 0 for 2 uh, against utah Regardless of the quality of the team, like going at Utah and going into Denver, it's like, oh, Miami has no chance in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's the other road trip that you're referencing. December 28th to January 5th. This is really Miami's longest road trip of the season. It's five games. Golden State, Utah, both games in L.A., Clippers, Lakers, and then at Phoenix on January 5th. So That's rough. That's a rough one. That, that's going to be a rough one. Um, again, on the road, they, I think they had like a long road trip to bridge the new year this past season, too. Didn't they play in Utah? On December 30th this past year. Oh, no, I think it was New Year's Eve, actually. It was December 31st. Now they're in Utah on December 30th. So, whatever. It sounds familiar. A lot of fun games on the schedule coming up next. We rank the top five games we are most excited for on the Miami Heat schedule. It's coming up next year on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel because football season is about to kick off. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. What an opportunity. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. I know, Wes, you're going with the Dolphins. You'll get bonus bets every victory, all nine of them. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbooks. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Let's get to our top five must-watch games of the Miami Heat season. Are you ready for number one, David? Absolutely. I don't know. This is not. This is in order of the fifth most to the first most. The one that you uh, have to have to you watch. Went right? all out on this. You're ranking them. Huh? You've got a, the game that you're looking forward to the most. Okay, so the fifth game, the game that you're fifth most looking forward to watch. That October 27th at Boston. <laughs> Complete with sound effects. Second, uh, Chris, Chris Porzingis injured already. Uh, you know, it well, they said he could be right. 
they think Porzingis is going to be ready for the start of the season. We'll see what happens. But seven foot um, four with plantar fascia issues. No thanks. I hope he's ready because I kind of want to see it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I, makes I, this. I, I hope exciting. no player gets so, injured ever, but it's just it's just always unfortunate. There's a few. I had a handful of players in my life that I wish got hurt. Not gonna lie. Ooh. Not anymore. But like, yeah. like <laughs> younger, younger Wes and uh, longtime Wes heads know who I'm talking about too. But um, <laughs> uh, Rajon Rondo does it rhyme with Rajon Rondo? <laughs> not only does it rhyme with Rajon Rondo, but um, no, at Boston, at Boston, ESPN game, Miami's second game of the season. So again, they start the year opening night, Kaseya Center, Detroit, October 25th, Wednesday night. Ooh. Two nights later, October 25th. 27th in Boston Eastern Conference Finals rematch not just the Eastern Conference Finals of last year David but a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals before that and a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals four years ago three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals the Heat and the Celtics breaking news do not like each other the Celtics fans absolutely hate the Heat this will be the first time Boston gets to see Miami at TD Garden I can't since the Heat eliminated them in game seven in TD Garden I, I can't so wait for that that ESPN montage before the game of like sad Bill Simmons and sad Celtics fans <laughs> holding their head. One tear rolling down. A, yeah, yeah. One, one no, tear rolling down a pasty white cheek with a shamrock on it. I cannot wait for that oh. to be included. Yeah, it's gonna be glorious. I might have to go to that one. <laughs> I've no, been back. Don't bring the losing vibes, man. I haven't been to TD Garden since I think uh, 2019. I might have to go to the Celtics. One. I mean, we're the Warriors at that point. Yeah, Warriors versus Celtics. Yeah, I was covering the Warriors back then. Um, all right, next game. Another rematch, David. Hmm. March 13th versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Heat play oh. the Nuggets before this. They play in Denver at Ball Arena on February 29th. But I'm more excited to see Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., the defending champs, I'm more excited to see them at home at Kaseya Center in Miami. That game is March 13th. Also, by the way, both games, both finals rematches, the the home and the away one on national TV, the Heat play uh, in Denver February 29th on TNT, the game that made my rankings March 13th at home versus the Nuggets. That one's on ESPN. That one's another Wednesday night game. Uh, I am so excited. You're getting the featured showcase Wednesday night is uh, ESPN's night. Um, and we all, it's, it's, it was a fun finals, even though the heat lost, it was such a well-played finals and, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here and note both games against Denver after the trade deadline. Mm. So, just putting that. Yeah. On. It's, it, it's, a, it's a great matchup there. The, when the, the, the away one, not so much, but to be able to host the nuggets at home, uh, it should be a fun. Yeah. That away exciting. one is at the end of that that road trip to come out of the, the all-star break, that four game yeah. trip. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a tough I, one. I just hope that the fans bring that kind of energy. Cause again, it's not the same rivalry against like the Celtics or Sixers or Knicks sure. even. So it, it's not, it's not that same kind of vibe. And a lot of heat fans kind of, again, bow their heads in respect to the nuggets because they were the better team in the finals. At the end. But you know, what makes these rivalries great is like real animosity there. And I don't think there's enough hatred from heat fans Against the, the those Nuggets. Heat fans so, are still really dislike Jokic for the the Markeith Morris thing. Like, there's a lot of Heat fans who are like screw that guy. So, we'll hear plenty <laughs> we'll of booze for Jokic. That makes uh, it exciting. This one's obvious. It was going to make my ranking. It comes in right now. Christmas Day, 
76ers. I love the Christmas Day showcase in the NBA. I think it is such a special thing for them. It's the equivalent of the NFL's thing on Thanksgiving. The fact that the Heat are playing on Christmas for the first time since 2020 when they played the Pelicans in the pandemic-shortened version of the season on Christmas Day, they were obviously coming off of that bubble run where they played the Lakers in the finals. If you make the finals, it's it's essentially an automatic bid to play on Christmas the following season. Denver is also playing on Christmas. Um, it's a great, not just the Heat. It's a great lineup. It is a great lineup this year. I don't. I, there's not a game that I'm like, yeah, I can I can skip that one, right? And so um, the fact that the Heat are playing, hosting the Sixers, the 8 p.m. game. Worth noting, it's only on ESPN, not ESPN and ABC, because the NFL are being jerks and trying to also play their games on Christmas. I think Christmas is on Sunday this year, too. So that probably is part of it, right? Do I have that right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't have the calendar here. but uh, So it's an no, 8 p.m. game? A, yeah, it's a it's an 8 p.m. game on ESPN. And it's got the 76ers. When we talk about bad blood rivalries, all these things, there we go, right? I don't know if James Harden is going to be a part of it. But Joel Embiid certainly will, and Bam Adebayo certainly will, and Jimmy Butler certainly will against his former team. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, spoken like a person that doesn't have kids. I hate the Christmas Day game. I got to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love watching basketball on Christmas. I just don't want to be pulled away from my family on Christmas. Oh, Day, like to honest. have to go to the arena? Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I mean, I, you don't have to do that. But like, I mean, it's well, Christmas. I mean, you I gotta, do whatever you yeah, want. I but yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but watching the games on Christmas—that's so much fun. That is, uh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the games before. I'm not sure about that hit camera, but we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> uh, it is tough, that late game when you have the kids and stuff, and they're probably like hopped up on sugar. and they're. We've been up since 6 in the morning opening right. presents, man. I, I don't, I'm not going to make it for the recap afterwards. I'll tell you that right. right. I'll recap it December 26. How about that? <laughs> there we go. Um, all right, next game. Sunday, February 11th. Again. Versus the Boston Celtics. Now, why would I have the Celtics twice on this list? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you why. Not only is this game on ABC, which I love the ABC games. I love the ABC games. A Sunday game in, at 2 p.m., that's mm. that's the best. That's the best. Um, at Boston or at Miami? In Miami. Oh. New ABC broadcast crew. Hmm. Worth noting. But the real reason why this is on my list is because it's the first game after the trade deadline. The first game after the trade deadline, the Miami Heat, again, they might, I, I think I'm more with you. I think the Heat are going to having been played with Damian Lillard for months before this. But if for whatever reason this went all the way up to the trade deadline, this would be the first game with Damian Lillard. But let's just take Damian Lillard out of the equation. It's still the trade deadline for every other player in the NBA. The Heat can make other roster tweaks, even if they trade for Damian Lillard in the preseason before training camp or whatever. They could yep. still make other moves at the no deadline doubt. to fortify the rest of the roster, add depth, whatever it is that they need to do after having played several months and several games with Damian Lillard. They kind of have a better idea of what they need to accomplish. So this is the first game after the trade deadline. The Heat could look different. The Celtics could look different. The entire NBA will look different. Uh, but I'm always excited for that first game after the trade deadline. We do this every year, David. We kind of like talk about the most anticipated games we want. And the first game after the deadline is always on my list. I agree. Uh, it is a, a monumental moment there. You know, we saw, we saw it, I think, even last year. Again, it was the deadline passed, no moves made. You bring in Kevin Love. 
wind up being a, a losing effort, unfortunately, for Miami. But still, again, that, that change before when the roster has that renewed energy to it. So it should yeah. be a fun time. And it's one of those games like wins and losses are obviously the most important thing. But there are some games where it's not the most important thing. And like mm-hmm. that Kevin Love instance, like I was more looking about how they were using Kevin Love and how Kevin Love fit in. The fact that they lost right. that game was almost insignificant. Second, yeah, yeah. Right. It was, yeah, secondary is a better way to phrase it. It wasn't insignificant. Obviously, I ended up putting them in the play-in tournament. But whatever. <laughs> it, <laughs> Uh, there are some games where you're just more interested in stuff other than the W or the L, right? And this game would be just like that. Yeah. So, And the exactly. fact that it's against the Celtics again on national TV on ABC just makes it that much better. All right, final game. This is not a surprise. February 27th at Portland. Oh, the Trailblazers' yeah. only TNT game, only national game of the season. This, no matter what, if and when Damon Lillard is traded, would be Dame's first time back in Portland. That is huge. 11 years in Portland. All of this having had happened. Hopefully a trade gets done and we're actually able to do this and that this doesn't have to get flexed out. Because if the, if no trade gets done, I think it would get flexed out. But um, yes. you and I both agree we anticipate that a, a trade is going to happen. Um, and so this is the one. This is the number one game. This is the one you got to circle. Make sure you have no plans on the night of February 27th. What, what, that's a late game too. 10, 10, 30. Is that what it would start? It would be a at, 10 PM. at the Moda center. Uh, yeah. I imagine it's a late game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are the games. Those are the games that typically loses half the Miami heat audience, including ours, because it's just, you know, who's going to stay up on a random weekday to watch a game in Portland, especially if it's, you know, against a bad team, which the Blazers have been of late. So it would not necessarily be like, you've mentioned it before. You've seen a lot of Blazers games. You've seen a lot of Lillard. Most fans, especially Heat fans, will not have stayed up that late to watch these kinds of games. This is renewed reason. We're going to have – we might be live for that game. We might even have a watch party at 10 o'clock just for that game because it's that kind of fun. You know what? In fact, yeah. I want to put that possibility out there as we're talking about the schedule. Let us know. You guys want watch parties? You want to watch games with us live or whatever? Let us know in the comments which games you think are best, most important, or would bring the best, best energy so we can start scheduling those now. Yeah, and if you own a venue – even better. Well, let us know. No, I'm serious. If you if, yeah, if you, you want to host it, yeah. Well, if you want to well, host well, it, I mean, not at well, not at your house or something, but like, no, no, we'll go to people's houses, random people's houses, and we'll just set up there. If you got Wi-Fi, we'll be there. Don't worry right. about it. Well, like Christmas Carol in front of your porch, just doing a live podcast. Um, I said that they could flex this out, David. They can't. I just checked. This is the only late game that night. So TNT has Philly versus Boston is the first game. Well, they can reschedule right? another game though, right? I mean, that's how it always works out. Reschedule, like just like yeah, change their like schedule. Take the time. Yeah, we see the time change. Like like if it's a game, the ten p.m. I would be very yeah. surprised. I would be very surprised. There's nobody no in, no the West in the West Coast. No, all the games are East Coast. Like the closest thing is Minnesota. Hmm. Interesting. Oklahoma <laughs> City. Like nothing on the nothing in the Pacific time zone. Like well, the, the NBA it. is fully committed to they're going to air this game. <laughs> one way or the other, it's going to be a fun one to watch, I guess. All right, let's move on away from the schedule. Is there a star besides Damian Lillard that the Heat should be targeting? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Well, David, it's that damn time again. 
Liftoff and the clock has started. Dane requesting a trade out of Portland. The Miami Herald's Barry Jackson tweeting on Thursday. Quote, as of early this week, Portland was still showing no interest in doing a deal with the Heat. End quote. That's our Damian Lillard update. Um, anything on that before we move on to Joel Embiid? You know, it's just it's interesting though because it's it, when you phrase it like that, and maybe that's just Barry's careful wording because he seems he's been very uh, proactive and pro heat in a lot of his tweets regarding a Dame Lillard trade. But it makes it seem very personal, right? And it kind of has taken on some of that. I know Blazers fans will counter this and say, "Oh, Miami's trash ass offer, etc." Blah blah blah. We're we're not going to dissect that any further. But it does seem at this point like whether or not they just dug their heels and just refused to do a deal with Miami for whatever reason. And I know, again, the counter would be, well, Miami hasn't offered enough. Well, I, I think we don't know what they've offered. We don't know what they've offered enough. We don't know where they stand. It just seems like Portland is taking this somewhat personally because Dame has requested specifically to come to Miami and wants to end his relationship with the Blazers. Also, we don't know if like every time the Heat email them, they get pinged with a I'm uh, an out of office reply. Yeah. You know, we don't. Yeah, we still Joe Cronin will respond to emails yeah. at the start of the season. Sorry, you know. right? So it's it's <laughs> who knows? I it's been reported elsewhere, and actually at the Miami Herald was Anthony Chang, who covers the Heat for them, uh, has reported that he expects talks will resume at some point. At, we just don't know when that point will yep. be. Everybody's um, on vacation too, you know. That's yeah, there was exactly that was my point. But um, should mention next week we will be joined by the host of Locked On Blazers for a mock trade call. So even if mm-hmm. Pat Riley and Joe Cronin can't get on the phone, we're getting on the phone with the host of Locked On Trail Blazers uh, to try to negotiate this trade on no our way. own. We'll handle. I refuse. This. I refuse. We'll lowball him at every opportunity. Well, you're you're going to represent. I think you're going to represent the Heat in this, and he's going to represent the Blazers, and I'm going to kind of be like the the floating third team that has to get involved or fourth team or fifth team, however many it's going to take. Cause we need somebody to represent those other, those other teams. Anyway, let's get to the speculation that a James Harden trade could force Joel Embiid to ask for a trade himself. Embiid recently removed references from the 76ers from his social media accounts, which of course always gets people uh, talking about a trade. Cause that's the first step. If you're going to ask for a trade, you got to remove the stuff from Twitter. Right? Yeah. It's never happened where the guy removes the stuff from Twitter and then doesn't get traded and then just puts the stuff back on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, that happens all the time. Anyway, uh, David, how much are you does reading it, this? Does it? I mean, I really, I don't follow either the removal of the location or the, the uh, addition, the re edition. This is of the worst the, uh, form location. of journalism. I hate it. I hate this form of journalism and yet everybody wants to talk about it. It's the dumbest thing ever. Uh, you know, it's just we're at the point now where, like, who you follow is worth monitoring in some cases. Like, I, does it mean anything? This all feels like a watered down, really crappy version of tracking planes back in 2014. You yeah. Know, to see what it, I don't know. I, as far as the removal of location, no, I don't make anything of that. But I wouldn't be in the least. If Joel Embiid starts. Joel Embiid requests a trade. If he starts following Flanagan's, you've got my attention. You've got my. They make a mean Shirley Temple. I don't. I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean, it's just. It's only maybe, a South Florida based chain. It does not exist anywhere else. Anybody that follows Flanagan's, they have. They now have my attention. Um, I, I want him to like just set the social media world on fire and say Flanagan's Philly cheesesteak is much better than anything I ever got in Philadelphia. If that's the case, wow. Then you're going to have people booing him, throwing batteries at him. God only knows. If they booed Santa Claus, 
I'll boo the hell out of Joel and Pete. They did it during the people playoffs. People like, uh, like the chicken Philly at Flanagan's. I don't know how I feel about that. I had a while ago. It was pretty good. It was I, from my fond memories of it, but those were bygone days. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It, if, it, if if Joel Embiid does come available, is that the kind of star that the Heat should target? That's the kind of star Pat Riley wants, without a doubt. And uh, we've seen this before. He doesn't care about uh, the concept of team chemistry. He doesn't care about uh, the camaraderie that we've talked about, that we all as fans and media believe to be a factor. Like he thinks acquiring a player of Joel Embiid's caliber as an MVP type player is absolutely the push necessary to put you not just in regular you know, title contention, but consistent title contention for a window of four to five years. We've talked about it on this show. Jimmy's window is fast closing. The addition of Dane kind of keeps it open for a little bit, but what happens to that next phase? Well, Joel Embiid, slightly younger, still in his prime very much so, and with the potential to get even better with an actual team and an actual front office and coaching staff built to make him a better player. There's a lot of potential there. There's no doubt that Pat Riley would want a player of Joel Embiid's character. And I don't even think it would take I, a heavy recommendation from Jimmy Butler. I don't know that I agree with you. Um, wow. I, I, you say he doesn't care about the camaraderie or the chemistry. I would push back on that. I, I think he cares actually quite a bit about that, but he wants the right players. He And he, I, well, I don't think he... Lamar thinks, Odom and Karam Butler would disagree with you. I mean... No, I, no. to your point, yeah. I, I think he thinks really good players can make it work. Right, sure. which is what he thought about with Shaq and D Wade, and what he obviously thought with the big three. Um, and if it means giving up chemistry and sort of that viability for a, uh, from lesser players to get the better player, yes, to your point, he will do that ten times out of ten. I I don't know that he views Joel Embiid as the guy. I, I actually would think. I would bet you that if you pulled thirty. NBA team runners and ask them, okay, on a scale of like one to 10 or whatever, rate Joel Embiid in terms of championship type player. Pat Riley might rank him the lowest out of all the GMs. I don't know if that would be like an eight or a nine. I think he would love to have a player like Joel Embiid, but I don't think that like LeBron took the team to the finals, even though he didn't win a champion and it was LeBron. Like Dwayne Wade was proven at that point in Pat Riley's mind. Shaq had won numerous championships already when he made that deal. Like, he's never, like, the Embiid thing, I don't know how much, I don't know how all-in he would be on Joel Embiid because of oh. some of the concerns with the attitude and and, and just some no of the stuff. No way. Jimmy, if that's the case, then that's that one phone call. Again, I don't even think it's necessary. Jimmy places one call to Pat, Coach Pat, you got to do this. You got to get Joel. You got to get Joel. And that's it. It's done. Like, whatever it would take. Like, and that hmm. will debate on a later episode. But I, I think his eyes would light up at the possibility. Now, there's no way he gets traded to an Eastern Conference team. At least that's not my feeling. But, I mean, I'd love to see a specific well, trade request from Embiid. We'll, we'll see if that uh, is enough to kind of shake things up from Daryl Morey's office. But I don't if, know if he would spe- specify Miami as a destination. I would think Daryl Morey would prefer not to trade. Well, first of all. Oh. I don't even know if Daryl Morey would be making that trade at that point, but um, I don't, I agree. Like Philly would prefer not to trade Embiid into the conference, especially to a team they view probably as a rival, a team that they've met in the playoffs several times. But um, if the Heat have the best offer and they could potentially easily 
have the best offer. You already hinted at it. It's something that uh, we're going to try to talk about a little bit more in depth, hypothetical Joel Embiid trades, because that's what people like. They love the trade, the trade stuff. Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Also, just a reminder again, uh, Mike Richmond, host of Lockdown Blazers, will be talking with him, a mock trade call between the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers next week. We'll see how that could go down. But for now, that's it for us today. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes. 